Let me ask you a question to begin with. What, uh, what are we gathered for? What is the purpose of being together today? Why are you out there tuned in and joining us via faith online? What, what is the purpose? To worship God, to praise him, right? That is why we gather together as followers of Jesus. We get together weekly on Sundays. We are gathered for worship, to lift high the name of Jesus, to point one another to him. And so we've gotten off to a great start, I think. I'm thankful for, for one of our leaders, Marty, leading us in prayer. I'm thankful for Mrs. Davies encouraging the kids, little and us big kids, it, through his word. Thankful for the team that just let, got down off the stage behind me, leading us in worship through song as we gathered to worship. So what if I came up? And I gave you the weather forecast, and I gave you some opinions about the NBA finals, unsolicited opinions, and then I said, hey, have a great week. I'll see you later. Would that, would that have suited your purpose? Was that what you would have expected in our, in our gathering today? Is that what the situation would have called for? Now, I, I might have... I might have said some things that were true, but were they as helpful or as beneficial as they could have been for the circumstances and what God would have me to do and what God would have for you today? Would that have been suitable? I don't think so. My name is Derek, and I'm one of the pastors here, and we are in a series of messages that we're calling Kingdom Life. And it's a journey through Matthews chapter 5, 6, and 7, which is sometimes referred to as the Sermon on the Mount. And we call the series Kingdom Life because we're asking God to show us what does it look like to live a kingdom life, to live our lives as followers of Jesus. How do we live in light of the fact that the kingdom has come? God, God is unfolding his kingdom through Jesus. It'll, be, it'll, it'll come to full realization, full fulfillment in the future, but Jesus said the kingdom is at hand. And so we want to ask Jesus, as, he's, as we follow him and as he's changing us, what does it look like to live a kingdom life? A life submitted to Jesus where we live out the ways of Jesus, where we look to his life, his modeling, his words, and we look to live out the ways of Jesus live out what he wants for us so that we would be a refreshing, helpful, needed influence in the world we live in. How can we live a kingdom life that is a needed and helpful influence that comes up here and says more than just the weather and sports? See what I'm saying? So the situation this morning calls for us to be in God's word, right? We are people of the word. We look to God. We look to follow Jesus by studying his word together. So if you haven't done so already, open your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 5. And uh, in just a moment, we'll start looking at verse 13. Love you to have your Bible on your lap or open up a device and open your Bible app. I uh, love you to be able to follow along in God's word, keeping our finger in the text so that we can hear from him together. Matthew chapter 5, and we'll start at verse 13 in just a minute. This kingdom life is, is coming to grips with the fact that, that we as disciples, we as followers of Jesus, we live in, in the reality and the presence of Jesus' kingdom. 
And so how do we live out the ways of Jesus even in our everyday lives, in the difficult circumstances we have, in the relationships we're in? Because as we said last week, these teachings in the Sermon on the Mount, these teachings from the words of Jesus in Matthews chapter 5, 6, and 7, this is, this is the high bar. These are ideal statements of what the Christian life should look like. It's challenging, but it's a practical ethic of how we followers of Jesus are to live in this time that we find ourselves in. It's a challenging, but practical ethic. Jesus teaches it. He expects us to obey it. And then some beautiful news, he enables us to follow it. He enables us to live this way. So Matthew chapter 5, let's continue in the Sermon on the Mount at verse 13. Jesus speaking. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You ever been around someone cooking soup? Someone's cooking soup. I don't know about you, but I like to be the taster. But sometimes the cook is the taster, right? And, and, we're, and, the, and maybe they're cooking soup, and maybe the, the cook tastes it, and maybe the cook even says, you know, the soup needs a little something. It needs a little, little more flavor. So what would, be the, what would be a good response? To pour a bunch of water in and dilute the soup, Right? Huh? Uh, situations call for a certain response. Our Christian lives and our actions and our words and the people we interact with and the culture that surrounds us, Jesus expects of Christians a certain influence. And, and just, you know, get to the punchline, Derek. It's not to dilute the soup. We just read words that you, follower of Jesus, are salt of the earth. Salt stands out. It is bold. It is needed. It is helpful. When the cook says, I need a little something for more flavor, and the salt goes in, it's beneficial to the soup. It adds something desirable. It's what was needed in the situation. So, so what are we adding to the situation? Salt is, is beneficial. And so similarly, disciples of Jesus, we are to be beneficial to the world to the situations that God puts us in. Followers of Jesus that want to live out a kingdom life go into the world. The salt goes into the soup. Followers of Jesus that, that want to live a kingdom life and honor God with their lives are not just Christian in here in this room for an hour a week, but salt Christians go into the world. To live out the ways of Jesus to those that, need, that, that, those that need to know Jesus and see Jesus. Christians are a helpful and needed influence. Let's continue. Verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and then put it under a basket. But they put the lamp on a stand so that it gives light to everyone in the house. The Bible tells us elsewhere that Jesus is the light of the world. And as his people, we, we carry that light, the good news of the gospel. We, we carry Jesus in our lives to help, to, for God to use us to proclaim his love and the good news of Jesus to others. 
Jesus is the light of the world. As his people, we are to be the light as well. Visible, visible into the darkness. Helpful, piercing, bringing something that is needed for the good. So, I mean, again, a situation we might relate to a bit. If you wake up in the middle of the night and and the power's out, and, and you know what you notice when the power's out? It's darker than ever, right? I mean, I live in town, so, so even when you get up in the middle of the night, there's a little light somewhere coming in from a street light. Or, but when this power goes out, well, you got pitch darkness, right? And so you wake up in the middle of the night, it's pitch darkness, and you need, you need help finding your way across the room to get something you need. So what is the necessary response in this situation? What, what would be called for? How could I help you get from the bed to wherever you needed to be through the room? Well, I'll move chairs into the aisles and I'll throw Legos on the floor. Did that help you reach the... The situation calls for something. Darkness calls for light. Darkness calls for your buddy, instead of throwing Legos on the floor, to flip the light switch on or grab a flashlight. Right? In our world, followers of Jesus, church family... We are to be light, penetrating the darkness, the difficulties, the pain, and the suffering, and the things that are going on around us that, are, that hurt us, but are also difficult for those around us. Our, our family members, and friends, and neighbors, and coworkers, and fellow students who are without Christ are experiencing the darkness of the world. And so Jesus calls us into the world, as light into the world, to flip the light switch on, to be helpful to be beneficial to others, to bring something to the situation that is useful and helpful and needed and beneficial. Not throwing Legos on the floor, right? Light stands out. Light pierces the darkness. It, it comes through in a good way. So let's continue in our passage to see how God wants our light to shine. As a follower of Jesus, called into the world as salt and light, how does God then want our light to shine. Take a look here at verse 16. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. One of the ways that our lights shine right there in verse 16 is let them see your good works. Let them see your actions. Let them see you serving. Let them see you loving so that they will see the Jesus in you, the salt and light that is coming out of your life. Our, the, the passage there says, so let them see your good works so they give glory to the Father who is in heaven. So what are, the, you know, what are these good deeds? What are these actions that are going to speak loudly? Well, I mean, there's some nice things we can do. There's some things that we might label as good deeds, right? Like, But we're not just talking about helping someone across the street. That's nice. We're not just talking about recycling your plastic. We're not just talking about eating healthy or taking out the trash when you're not, even though you weren't asked. That's a good deed. It's nice. But I don't think it's what God's word has in mind here. Actions, good deeds, uh, in particular that Jesus would call us to, that would be light to a dark world, are, are obeying his commands. Our good deeds are actions that are taught by God in his word. When we are taught 
by God through his word, the Bible, about actions that he calls us to, behaviors that he expects of Christians, character that he wants to build in us. Our good deeds are, are when we follow through on those things, when we do what we are, are commanded to do, when we live out the ways of Jesus. Actions that are good deeds are when followers obey. So then that's why we look to God's word. And I hope and pray that your Bibles are open on your lap throughout the week. I would urge you, I would urge you, follower of Jesus, to hear from him as frequently as possible in your, in your daily, your weekly, your monthly routine. The way, how do we find the ways of Jesus? How do we know what his commands are? How do we know his ways so that we can emulate them? We, we open the word of God and we hear from him and we discover the life of Jesus. Those are the things, the things that Jesus does, the, th the things that Jesus commands us to do. Those are the good deeds that bring glory to God. Because there's... there's there's some danger about religion. There's some danger about church going. There's some danger in, 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 in being satisfied with a, a, a cultural Christianity. I'm a Christian because of the country I live in or because my parents were Christian or because I think faith church is a pretty cool place. There's some dangers there. Kingdom life is more than speaking Christianese. Kingdom life is more than playing church. Kingdom life is a radical submission to Jesus' authority in our life. We talked last Sunday about his authority that is so clear in the book of Matthew and in the Sermon on the Mount. The kingdom life is a life lived in, in, in radical submission, giving ourselves to Jesus as master, recognizing his authority and his authority alone, recognizing that he has saved us from sin and death and taken us out of the dark and into the light and out of hell and into eternity with God, recognizing that glorious good news, submitting our lives to it, living for him in all that we do and say, that's the kingdom life living out the ways of Jesus, recognizing that the kingdom of God is at hand. His, God is unfolding the kingdom of Christ. And we can be a part, we can live as Jesus would want us to live as we obey him. So just please be careful not to come to Sunday mornings, whether you're here in person or whether you're joining us online, be careful not to come with us on Sunday mornings and check the box that is church and don't, be careful to not check the box that is church and then being done being a Christian for the week. Jesus has so much more for us, friends. God has so much more for us, a kingdom life, not a religious checklist, not striving to be a good person and see if I can match up to what I think God would like. But he has for us a kingdom life that is rich and full and meaningful and abundant. And he wants to transform you from the inside out and make you a new person, give you a new heart and new mind and new desires, a new way of living, a way of living that is helpful and beneficial and needed to the people you come in contact with. 
We don't come to church to check that religious box. We come to church to be equipped. We gather with brothers and sisters in Christ. We worship Jesus. We are encouraged in the scriptures. We have our eyes lifted to Christ so that we can go into the world. We come to be recharged. We come to be filled up with God's love and presence and a reminder of the good news so that we can go out. So that we can live as Christians in our spheres of influence. That's a kingdom life. Because we've recounted this often lately, right? Our culture is swirling with difficult challenges right now, isn't it? Our our culture and the world around us and the people we can interact with in person and online have lots of opinions about lots of things right now, don't they? Things are swirling and difficult. There's challenging conversations and situations going on. We've, we've talked about some of these, the, difficult, the difficulties about racial tension and, 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 and whether COVID is a thing or not. And if it's a thing, how should we respond or not? And, and who's going to be president? And what's that going to have to do for our country? And, and then besides those big national news things, there's things swirling in your own hearts and lives that are difficult, right? Relationships that are painful, circumstances that we wouldn't have chosen. God has you there. He hasn't forgotten. He hasn't left you out. He has you there. We are sent as Father sent Jesus into the world. Jesus says, I send you, followers of Jesus, into the world. The world is, is, is broken and, and not as God intended because of the entrance of sin into the world. We're experiencing difficulties, but he has you there. He has you experiencing those things. So, how do we respond? What is our response? How do we uh, interact? And how do our responses reflect on Christianity? When you're interacting with people at the workplace, at the water cooler, at your your school, or on, on Facebook, how do those interactions and our responses reflect on Jesus? Are they things that help people consider Christ? And life in Christ? Or do our actions and interactions and responses draw people away, cause them to reject Christ? Are we accidentally diluting the soup? Are, are we, if we're not careful, are we unsalty salt, dimmed light, satisfied to talk about the weather and sports? Now, is the weather and sports bad in your conversations? No. But I'm talking about, does it ever go further? I'm talking about as God puts us in situations that demand there to be salt and light, that give us, God puts us in situations all the time, and I miss them sometimes. I have an opportunity to say something that would bring light to the situation, and I miss it. Sometimes the Spirit prompts me to love others the way that God has loved me as a chance to show them the love of God, and sometimes I'm paying attention and I follow through, and sometimes I miss it. We don't want to dilute the soup. We don't want to be unsalty salt. We don't want to be dimmed light and make things worse with our arguing and having to be right and shouting and creating polarization and, and being too blunt or too condescending in our comments. That could be our response. That could be our responses, our interactions. Or, or does the Sermon on the Mount, does Jesus himself have something different in mind for our lives. Instead of responding in those ways and making the situation worse, 
by God's grace, we don't despair. We look around at the difficulties. We look around at the stresses and the tensions and the painful interactions. And we ask God to help us where whatever we do, wherever we go, in all our spheres of influence, to be salt and light. To not dilute, but be salty, flavorful, helpful, beneficial. To not throw Legos on the floor and give obstacles to people that make it more difficult, but to flip the light switch on and to point to Jesus. And so I want to just quickly suggest three ways that we could be salt and light. I'm going to suggest we can listen, we can love, and we can speak. Let's ask for God's help to help us followers of Jesus be be salt and light to those around us by listening, by loving, and by speaking. Say listen. Say listen first because salt and light calls for a response. It calls for, for something that's appropriate and needed and helpful to the moment. But I want to suggest that before we have the right thing to say or the loving action to give, we need to listen first. How do we know what to say? How do we know what the situation calls for? How do we know what will be helpful and beneficial for our Christian influence if we're not listening? And I'm talking about really listening to those around us. Listening not to figure out what my reply is going to be, Maybe I'm not the only one that suffers that from that occasionally. Listening so I can reply. Let's not listen so I can reply, but listen to understand. Where are they coming from? What's behind that? What, what belief do they hold? What pain do they have? So that then we can ask God to help us be salt and light and putting their interests above ours and recognizing their needs and considering carefully how God might want to love, love them through us. So listen first. Then love. We can, our, our another way that we are salt and light is through our love. We have opportunity to see fellow human beings, every human being, even those that are different than us, even those that disagree with us. We have opportunity to see them as people made by God, as people made in the image of God, as people loved and valued by God, and therefore him calling us to have that love and value for them. So do our responses and interactions with people reflect on that view of of humans? Does the way we treat people reflect the ways that God loves people? We have an opportunity to um, to love as we have been loved. To be conduits of God's love to people. And 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 then another way we can be salt and light is certainly by speaking. Listen, love, and speaking. Because because the good news of Jesus is, is yes, it is shared by, by serving and our loving actions and doing those good deeds that we talked about earlier. But at some point, the good news of Jesus is, is more than, than just actions. At some point, we must speak the truth of the gospel. The gospel is the good news that God rescues sinners 
through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. At some point in our relationships and in our interactions with a dark and needy world around us, at some point, the salt and light that is required is a clear proclamation of Jesus as the answer, as Jesus, as the way to life now and life forever. So speak. Be proclaimers. Be proclaimers of Jesus' greatness and of Jesus as, as the way to life. We don't, we don't want to listen, love, and speak to make ourselves look better. We don't want to do those things just to kind of try to impress people or, or hoping for brownie points from God. We follow, we follow Jesus we recognize that the Spirit is leading our lives. God, the Spirit, is leading our lives. We listen and we love and we speak because we want God to use us as salt and light so that people around us see our good works and then lift us up and think we're impressive. Nope. What does God's Word say? We, we, we ask God to use us to be salt and light so that people around us will see our good deeds and so that the result will be that they give glory, that they give praise, that they give honor to God's Son and to, to the Father who is in heaven. Father God, we thank you for the cross. We thank you that you are a God who has come near to us, who sent Jesus to live and die so that we too can live. Father, we are thankful that you are a God who is near to us by sending your Spirit to live within us and to guide us and enable us to live for you. God, we know these teachings in the Sermon on the Mount are, are high expectations. We know that you teach it. We know that you expect us to obey it. But Father, we thank you that you have given us the Holy Spirit living within us, enabling us to obey, enabling us to live out the ways of Jesus, enabling us to live a kingdom life. So Father, as you sent Christ into the world, we know that Jesus is sending us into the world. May our lives point to you. As Jesus came to be the light, would you help us navigate the darkness of the world by pointing to Jesus, the true light, the light of life. Father, as we engage with the challenges of life, as we interact with others, as we respond to the headlines in the news, we don't want to dim the light. We don't want to dilute the soup. We don't want to be unhelpful. God, instead, because of the transforming work you are doing in our lives, as we submit to you, as we desire to live a kingdom life, God, would you, would you change us? Would you transform us from the inside out so that your work in us, so that our, that our growing character, that we would listen more, that, we would, that our actions would be conduits of your love, and that our words would be helpful, beneficial, encouraging, God, may our kingdom lives bring you the glory. And even this morning, as we give our offerings, as we lift our voices in song, as we say prayers, as we love one another, God, I pray that all these things would be done out of, out of hearts that are so grateful for what you have done for us through Jesus. May we do all of these things to give you the glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.